End of the season wrap-up, our friend April stops by to talk Buckeyes, and Ben Davis now apparently thinks he's Babe Ruth. All that next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 18, and this is our national championship reaction slash end of the season wrap up. And let me tell you, man, it's been one heck of a year. Yeah, to honestly believe that we'd end up uh, where we are now from back in August, uh, I'd probably call you a liar from not even knowing that we were going to have a season to finally getting the season, but it was shortened to getting teams canceling on us, coaches being out, key players being out. Not even knowing if we would even make a minimum requirement to get in the college football playoff. And then for that to come full circle and to get, you know, complete revenge on Clemson and get to the national championship game, regardless of what our reaction is for that game itself, you know, this year has been beyond memorable. Yeah, I mean, it's been different. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Has it been memorable? Yes. Uh, Some of it good, some of it bad. To be honest with you, just the waiting in the wings every single week to see if we're going to play. And the rule changing and players out every morning or, you know, the morning before the game, two hours before we're trying to find out who's playing, all that stuff. That's for the birds. You can take that. I couldn't stand it. Now, as far as football itself goes, you know, I think that this team this year never really fully reached its full potential. If we would have played a full schedule this year, there's no telling what we could have looked like in game 10, 11 for what it was. I'm proud of the Buckeyes for for coming out and getting some revenge on Clemson and finally smacking Dabo around a little bit. Um, I wish the title game would have gone a little different, but, I mean, it is what it is, man. That's why they play football. Yeah, I think you said it pretty pretty good there about, like, you know, this season, looking back, even though it's memorable, you know, I'm not necessarily saying positive-negative. I mean, there's definitely positives in it, but, you know, this is always going to be another what-if season for me because if we had the opportunity to play earlier on, um, had more uh, attempts to get, you know, players in the game, to get them more cohesive, to get them more reps, to keep players healthy, to keep them from not losing games for COVID, you know, what could have this team have been? Because we saw, obviously, a pretty good ceiling against Clemson, but we didn't see that at all for the rest of the year. I mean, maybe in glimpses here and there during games, but we never really got a chance. So I'm kind of taking the whole season as a what if. Let's go ahead and get into that national championship game. What what was your overall take from that? Well, aside from the things I feel about us, I, I, I kind of felt like we focused on the wrong part of the game defensively and trying to stop the run. When, obviously, I just felt like Alabama was way more explosive through the air. I thought our defensive strategy wasn't exactly what I expected it. And then once we realized it wasn't what we expected, I expected more of a change um, at halftime for the second half. And we didn't really see that. On top of that, I think you and I both agree Justin was more hurt than he said he was. Uh, I think it was visible in everything he was doing. And also, like I said, my my biggest thing is, man, I got to give it to Steve Sarkeesian because he came out with a great game plan to combat everything that we were throwing at him and found a way, you know, to get his number one receiver into space and into matchups and creatively into areas where he could get the ball. And they just destroyed us. I mean, you and I feel the same way. I think, I mean, if he would have played four quarters, God knows how many yards and touchdowns he would have had. Well, the whole, the whole point of playing a bend don't break 
defense, which was obvious the intent they were trying to keep everything in front of them, is that you can't bend and then break. And that's what we did. We kept giving up seven in the red zone, seven. And we had them a couple times on fourth and one or fourth and goal and still couldn't stop them. All you're doing at that point then, if you're going to bend and then break, is they're going to get a lot of the time of possession. They're going to continue to tire out the defense, and they're still end up getting the seven in the first place. It'd almost be better to play, in, I guess in hindsight, riskier defense to try to get some stops or turnovers, but understand that there might be a, a drive of one or two or three plays where they score. But at least that would get the defense off the field and try to keep them somewhat fresh because you could tell you know, they did these long, sustained drives against us. The defense was completely worn down. I don't know what we could have done differently, to be perfectly honest with you. I know that there probably should have been some adjustments made, but there was really no stopping them, to be honest with you, with, with who yeah, we you currently just can't, had. Can't play four in line. You just can't play 4-4, four, four, dude. I that agree with that. That is not going to work. I agree with that. I would have, I would have rather stacked the line a little bit. Uh, well, I don't know if stacked the line. I would have rather seen the corners come up and play press coverage at least. But we kept falling back and they were getting that motion in the backfield. And as soon as he caught it, he had, you know, eight, 10 yards before there was even contact. You know, you just, you can't do that, man. You can't do that. So I don't want anyone to think that for one second, I think that there's anybody on the field that could have covered uh, Devonta Smith out there because he's just a man amongst boys. But yeah, but still, I just felt like the scheme wasn't exactly what it could have been. Do I think it would have changed the the tune of the game? No, but I just think we could have tried some other things. Well, I got I got three kind of key things that I think really kind of swayed this game. Well, let's um, hear. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I believe we should have won the game, but I think we could have been super competitive, and I think there's a chance. If we had a different game plan and some things went differently, we could have pulled out a win. I really do. Because I think that 52-24 to 24 final score was almost worst-case scenario because there were still two times in the red zone where we had, like, fourth and goal and couldn't complete it. So there was 14 points that we, you know, pissed away. And then we were in the red zone one time, settled for a field goal. There's another seven. But Trey Sermon getting uh, injured on the very first play, I don't think people realize how important that really was because Trey Sermon not only was explosive over the last three, four games before that, but he was also one that kind of helped sustain some drives for us. They would even let him run the ball on third and long and get first downs. I fully believe had he been part of the game plan, we would have had some more time of possession in some of those drives early on and later in the second quarter, which would have kept our defense off the field ultimately and kept them a little more fresh. So I think the Trey Sermon one is probably the most important thing. Next would be, obviously, we discussed a little bit about the defensive strategy. Um, I think they should have pressed a little bit more, been a little bit more risky instead of just continuing to bend and bend and bend. Lastly, I think um, you had also touched on a little bit, too, is uh, um, Justin Fields was a lot hurt, a lot more injured than he had let on. And it was obvious, not necessarily with his running uh, or scrambling. He did okay with that in the game, but his passing struggled. It looked like he had a hard time, you know, getting back, rotating across uh, off of his left foot, you know, rotating that right hip over. I think that those were keys. If you had a healthy Justin Fields, a healthy Trey Sermon, and we played maybe a little bit riskier, I think we could have seen a different ball game, in my opinion. Let me ask you this, man. On on a scale of one to ten, how successful do you feel like this season was for Ohio State? It's kind of a trick question, but I'm going to take it in regards to to still looking at it holistically, where we were at from the beginning, what we had to go through for the season, and where we finished. And I'm going to give it a solid eight because we got our revenge against Clemson. 
Um, and that one is something they can't take away from us. Shutting Dabo up was awesome. It was amazing. But uh, I take a point away, obviously, for not winning the national title. And I probably take another point away for not getting to play the team up north and having that game canceled. But all that aside, holistically, we weren't even going to get a season. And that's the result we ended up finally getting. That's that's not bad. Obviously, you know, you're a little bit more optimistic than I am. You always have been and always will be. You know, I probably get right behind about a seven. Same thing. I take away a point for not playing Michigan because that's just such an important part of the season for me. I take away a point because anytime you go to the Natty and don't win it, to me, the fact that you got there isn't enough. I, You know, I want to win that game. So I take a point away for that. And I take a point away for just everything that happened, like the overall depression of this season and how many times that we canceled games and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all that just took a little bit of it out of it for me. You know, it just it just didn't feel all the way like it should have. No, and I agree. I, I dock at a point there. Well, yeah, because normally I'm amped getting into a week and instead I'm like scared to death that oh god are we going to get to play this game who's going to be out we're not going to find out till two hours beforehand you know we like to do our prop bets but a lot of time we're kind of doing those in the blind because we don't know you know who's going to be there or even if we're going to play so it definitely week to week would throw us off as fans that was i think pretty difficult to get through today is a momentous day in dot in the eye with davis and chad history because we are going to take our first ever caller are you excited Oh, yeah. I mean, this is something we've talked about adding uh, for a few months now, and uh, we kind of got the thing set up, and we got a, a, lot, a lot of people that are interested in joining that got some good stuff to share. But um, we're, we're, we're going to be inviting um, our good friend April. We've known for years. Uh, she's a super big Buckeye fan. Um, and, yeah, let's get her on the line. Hey, April, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, April, thanks for joining us. Uh, Dave is here. So I want to start right off. I want to ask you what your overall opinion was of that national title game, because we've been talking here for a few minutes about it, and we got some thoughts, but we'd like to kind of know where you sit on this. I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, I was indifferent going into into it. I kind of had some weird feelings. Um, I wasn't convinced that we were going to make it past Clemson so what we did to Clemson was amazing and I knew going into it if we could pull together the same energy that we had against Clemson against Alabama that we would win but I wasn't sure and then you know just some of the things going on people being sick there was rumors heading into it a couple days before that maybe we were going to postpone it a week and it just it definitely wasn't an excited feeling it was just it was kind of an indifferent feeling. Okay. And, and I think that's pretty probably consistent with how a lot of people felt, but like, give us, what was your expectations for us in that game? I wasn't convinced that we were going to win the game. You know, Alabama had a pretty strong thing going on and we were missing a, a few key players. I mean, the, the defensive line definitely didn't help. I was really, really hopeful that that if we could play like we did against Clemson, that, that we would pull it out. But I just really wasn't sure until the game started. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I kind of had the same feeling going in. As we were talking about it, I, I can say that I never really felt good going into it, you know, and, and I kind of had this like amped up feeling when we were going to play Clemson. And I feel like it just kind of died after that. You know, I was like, man, like how many people are going to be injured? Who's going to play? You know, all, all that stuff kind of factored in. What do you think the biggest struggle was in this game for us? And do you think there's anything we could have done to change it that might have changed the outcome? I think our biggest struggle was just Alabama's tempo. They were quick moving. 
Um, and we were, we really kept up with them in the first half and, but the second half, they just kind of ran away with it, losing sermon so early that definitely took the wind out of our sails. I think we all knew Fields was a little beat up, but it wasn't apparent how beat up he was until we saw him playing against Alabama. And then, you know, uh, missing some of the D-line from COVID. Um, From a coaching standpoint, I don't know that there was much they could have done. I don't know that there were any halftime adjustments that could have been made to change the outcome of the game. Well, it seems like the only thing we could do is break uh, Devontae Smith's hand to get him out of the game because that was the only thing that was going to stop him that day. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of us kind of feel very similar to that. I look at the game overall, and we just looked tired. And it wasn't even necessarily physical tired. It was emotional tired. It was the journey was so grinding to get there that – you know, it was going to be impossible to try to mimic what they had done against Clemson because it's like they had built all this stuff up for that. And once that happened, they all just kind of like, we did it, you know, like we're done. Like, you know, we're going to the national title. We're excited. But that was kind of the big one. And I don't know about you, but it really seemed to me like I'm watching them on the field and it looked like Alabama was going full speed and it kept looking like Ohio State players were jogging. What do you think? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I thought that we might have been a little bit more evenly matched. And I think had we have been playing with full deck, I think we probably would have been more evenly matched. I, I can say from personal experience uh, with my son's football team this year, the roller coaster of emotions going through week to week, not knowing if your opponent is going to be playing, if you're going to be playing, who on your team may or may not be quarantined. Um it is very, very exhausting. It's mentally draining and it wears on you because we, we lived that for 10 weeks. And I can't imagine what that would be like for these kids, especially after a whole summer of, of fighting to try to, to try to play. And Justin Fields working so hard to get the, um, to get the Big Ten playing. I, I imagine he probably slept for a week after that. That's really good insight that I don't think a lot of people take into account is just the emotional struggles in general in a season. And then you top that with not possibly getting a season and then, you know, having all these protocols that the Big Ten comes out with that are super strict and a lot more strict than all these other conferences. And, you know, then having to deal with who's in, who's out, next man up mentality. But man, that, uh, you know, when when you're playing six some games before you even get to the postseason and that's it, and half that time you didn't have everyone on the field that normally is on the field, I can only imagine what was probably going through their heads. Well, April, I'll, I wanted to ask you this question um, because, you know, if you look out in the, uh, I'll call it the stratosphere or whatever of Buckeye Nation out here, I'm a part of like 25 different Buckeye groups on Facebook. And there seems to be like a lot of back and forth about the coaching staff at Ohio State. Um, you know, a lot of people want the defensive coordinator's head. A lot of people want Ryan Day's head. And a lot of people have a little bit more of a, an unbiased opinion, I think, like everyone on this show does so far. But I wanted to ask you, does what happened in the national championship this year change your opinion on Ryan Day as a coach? It really doesn't. COVID was the real battle here. COVID was I cannot imagine what it was like for him to coach through this. He dealt with probably more than most of your other NCAA coaches because we had such a long battle. Uh, We were so highly ranked and then losing so many games. I mean, we weren't even 100% sure if we would be able to go to the uh, conference championship until it was like, I think less than a week before. There's just a lot of stuff there. So, 
you know, in the face of what they they dealt with, I think Ryan Day did great. Um, I personally had a lot of issues with the defense this year. I think the defensive issues were some coaching, but also I don't think they had the right people in the right places. I think that we... I mean, we obviously lost a lot in the backfield, and we lost a key defensive end, and this is the first season in a long time that we didn't have a Joey Bosa or a Nick Bosa or a Chase Young uh, to come off the edge. You know, we kept kind of rotating our defensive ends there, and I think as the year went on, you know, Tyreek Smith started doing a better job, and uh, Cooper started doing a better job, but at the end of the day, like, this season, we had very few sacks. I think the D-line was still the strongest part of our defense. Um, linebackers did a pretty good job as well. But when you're just not quite getting to the quarterback and they're either dumping it off or getting rid of it, you're not getting those negative plays that you need uh, when you have a defensive backfield that struggles like we do. So would you agree with that? Well, we've become quite spoiled as Ohio State fans with our defense and having ultimately almost every year one of the top defenses in the country. And we just didn't have that this year. So what was an all right defense to us to to most people was a, a crap defense to us because it wasn't the number one yeah and I think that gets understated that we have high expectations and yes we have been spoiled with some generational defensive talent lately it, it is hard to try to step back and be a little bit you know fair of our judgment with the defense um because they've been so good for so long so let me let me flip it on uh the other end of the ball here and let me ask you about justin fields we know that he's officially declared for the nfl draft uh so what kind of legacy do you think that he left at ohio state i think justin fields did did a lot for us in two years. Um, I think that the legacy that Justin Fields leaves is not on the field. It's off the field. He really bought into what it means to be a Buckeye and fight to play football this year. Uh, he fought harder than anybody to play football in 2020. As Ohio State fans, because of the way college football works and you only have a finite number of years with these kids, essentially, we're getting old enough that we call them kids now. Um, with right. these, with these athletes, we kind of romanticize the players while they're here. Like in the moment, he right now seems like an irreplaceable player, but I don't think that we're going to look back on him 10 or 15 years from now and go, oh boy, Justin Fields is the best quarterback to roll through Ohio State ever. Um, he was good, but I don't think that he was great. So uh, I, some people love him. It's just, it's not, not for me. Well, you're, you're kind of affecting Chad and I's bromance with him a little bit. Like, we, we think he deserves, you know, a statue, a full-length statue. And listen, I, I, think, I think you're right that he's done a lot off the field. But I think, you know, he is one hell of an athlete. And it was nice to finally have someone that could pass the ball pretty, uh, pretty accurately. Sure, he had a couple stinkers this year. But I kind of give him a little bit of a pass because of kind of how the season was going. I, I, I still think he's probably one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had. Now, given we haven't necessarily had the best quarterbacks, you know, Ohio State's more for their defense and their running backs is kind of more what we're known for. But I think Ryan Day is changing that. And I think it's been very obvious that Justin Fields was kind of the beginning of this new period of Ohio State football. I will say the spark, there was a, definitely a spark there between uh, Fields and Olave, and that was definitely something special that I have not seen in a number of years, and I don't know that we will see again for a number of years. Chad and I were kind of ranking uh, the season as a whole on what we felt, you know, what was the success overall. So give us a ranking out of 10. What, how do you feel uh, the success of this whole season was? 
probably put it at, I don't know, at a six or a seven. You know, I, I can't, it's never going to compare to 2002. It's never going to compare to 2014. It's always going to be better than 2007 when we freaking lost to Florida. I'm still mad about that one. But um, I find it a success. I mean, we got our revenge against Clemson. We did things that, I mean, let's be honest, in August seemed impossible seemed absolutely impossible and we had our sights set on going to the national championship game we did that we didn't win it but we went we had a lot going against us I have to remind myself though similar to my son's football season you know once you get into the game play it feels a little surreal that you're actually there and then you have to recognize that we were lucky to even be there. We were lucky to play. We were lucky to get all the games that we did. We were, it was a gift to be able to experience the, the Clemson thing. Not getting to play Michigan was kind of sad, but we have to be thankful for what we did get because there are, you know, other conferences that didn't get to play. Um, there are a lot of things missing from this past year, but an Ohio State season was one that we didn't have to miss out on. And you know what? I, I'm with you on the Michigan thing, too. You know, it used to be enough 25 years ago that beating Michigan at the end of the year was the, the hiatus of, of the season. You know, if we went to a bowl game, then great. But beating Michigan was it. That was the bee's knees. And now it just it feels like this younger generation has kind of lost a little bit of sight of that. And now it's national championship or bust here since, you know, since Jim Trestle pretty much came on campus. You're right. We are spoiled as Buckeye fans. There's no doubt about it. I mean, here we are talking about the fact that we got, you know, we got our tails whooped in the national championship, but at the end of the day, we were in the national championship. And you know who wasn't? Clemson. <laughs> Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's even that's even more of a win. It was. Yeah. And so, you know, now that this season is over with, you know, we're putting it behind us. We lived this terrible year, not just in college football, but in the world. What do you think is the what are you most excited about for the twenty twenty one season? I would like to say just to get back to normal. Um, I don't know that we ever really can go back to normal after the year we've been through, but some sort of a new normal. Um, I would like to see people in stands instead of listening to pumped in uh, crowd noise. I would like to go to tailgate. I would like to eat wings and have people spill beer on me and not worry about where my mask is. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm really looking forward to. But I'm also excited. I mean, we've got some returning players. Olave's coming back. Uh, record, our tight end. Um, I love the tight end setup. It's not for everybody. I think what's nice about it is a lot of people don't do it, so it's hard to defend. Um, you can only really practice what you can do. And uh, Haskell Garrett's coming back. I mean, that's, that is awesome. The, the defensive tackle nose guard position is my favorite position on the field pretty much because it's the position my son plays. But uh, it's it's an amazing position that is an absolute game changer. And I'm excited to see what Ryan Day does with this program. Uh, years three through five for new coaches, that's where you really start to see things mold. You start to see different recruits. You start to see different plays and different coaching staff. So I'm excited to see what Day can do on his own and no longer riding the coattails of Urban Meyer. Well, April, uh, I think you've given us some really good insight on some of this stuff. Obviously, you, uh, you're, you've been a big Buckeye fan, and most big Buckeye fans are pretty knowledgeable about the game, but you, you've given us some really good stuff. And uh, also appreciate kind of your perspective of, I guess, being a parent of a player because, you know, you get to see a lot more of the inside and out of kind of, you know, a, how grueling a season can be, you know, especially how it is emotionally. And I think that, you know, like I mentioned before, how – 
understated that gets uh, or how that was with how the season went. So, uh, April, we really appreciate you calling in today and uh, we'll definitely be sure to have you back on again sometime. So thanks for I the call, April. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yep. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah, man, I really think she had some great insight, dude. It was it was a good choice to have her on the show. Um, and I just kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff she said. Um, one of the things that kind of kind of really hit me a little bit is how she was talking about our defensive line and, you know, how important she thought, you know, some of those uh, some of those positions are. And do you feel like uh, getting Haskell Garrett back is going to be a game changer for next year? I think that's probably one of the most important, if not the most important um, returnee that we have, because you could lose Alave and we're probably not going to drop off much. You can lose Ruckert, we're probably not going to drop off much. But him coming back is probably the most key because we're going to have the most amount of question marks still on defense. I still think, even though we are losing fields um, and we're losing, uh, you know, uh, Trey Sermon and we're also losing a couple offensive linemen, man, like the talent that we have in the quarterback room right now and that's going to be coming in with Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud already being in the system and uh, uh, Miller, you know, we're, we're set up quarterback wise and with working with Ryan Day, they're going to be just fine. Running backs coming in, Trevion Henderson, five-star, number one recruit from the 2021 class, uh, four-star running back Evan Pryor coming in. On top of that, we had Mayan Williams from last year. We'll still have Master Teague. Um, we'll still have Marcus Crowley. I mean, we have an embarrassment of riches on offense. So I have no worry that we're going to come out and still be a top 15, top 10 offensive team. So the defense is really where we need help at. And Haskell Garrett was probably our best defensive player for the entire year. And with him coming back, that that can only be a positive. First of all, I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but I'm a huge Haskell uh, fan because, dude, this guy is a hero. And did anybody mention it on the national championship broadcast or anything? What he did, the heroic act that he did? and, and Like a little snippet, like, like well, yeah. a little snippet. And that's it. It should be national news. This guy should be getting an award. He should be doing something. So the fact, dude, he wants to come back. He's welcome as long as long as he wants, in my opinion. Yeah, you for know, those I, who don't I, know, he was he was on campus and there was a fight and he went to break it up and he actually got shot through the cheek with a gun. I mean that he got super lucky, but I mean, you know, he's unreal. Well, what do you think the expectations are for the twenty twenty one team? I mean, this is a really early call on this, but I think it's still, you know, I hate to sound like a coach, but number one is win the Big Ten. Uh, number two is make the playoff. And number three is get to the national championship and win it. I think all of those are achievable. I know that you'll probably disagree with me, but you know, even though we did lose uh, Justin Fields and some other key things, like Alabama lost a lot of their offense. Clemson is going to lose a big chunk of their offense. And Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama are three of the five teams that have actually made it in there multiple times. So we're probably, you know, going to have another very good opportunity to get back to the playoff. And I'm not seeing anyone off the top of my head that is going to be a mega dominant team next year. I mean, do you? No, but there's always a surprise. That's kind of where I'm at. You know what I mean? There's always somebody that the critics don't think is going to be good that ends up sneaking around you know, into the top six or eight in the country at the end of the day. Do I think we're going to make the playoffs? It's possible, but to me, not likely. You and I have had this conversation. I just feel like, uh, you know, Haskell Garrett coming back kind of changed my tune a little bit um, because that experience on the on the D-line is so important to me when I think about the landscape of this team that I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. We're going to be right on the border, man, but with so many new guys, especially in the defensive backfield, 
and the linebacker room. Um, I'm not worried about our offense. I think whoever steps in, I think, you know, now that they got a lave back and we have so much in the wide receiver room over there, I don't think there's going to be much of an issue. But defensively, dude, first of all, I question what kind of scheme we're going to be running, what kind of defense we're going to be running next year. And I question, you know, brand new players in those roles. Yeah, but I mean, that's every year. But the difference is Ohio State recruits at a super high level. So you'd have to trust that the guys that we're getting in there are going to take care of business. I kind of mimic the defense this year to a little bit of 2018 where we had the athletes to do it, but I think we were playing the wrong style of defense for the talent we had because there's different styles of talent. There's size talent in the defensive backfield. There's speed talent. There's ones that are really good at locking down. There's ones that are good at tackling. You know, you kind of have to see what your strengths are and then try to match the defense uh, around what the strengths are. And I think this year, you know, with Kerry Combs coming in to be a new defensive coordinator, having no spring ball, um, having you know a shortened season, limited practices, people having to sell for COVID, we probably never fully got a chance to really adapt a defense that was really fit for Ohio State. As long as you know COVID can start calming down a little bit with the vaccines uh, coming out, the hope is that we can get back to normalcy and give them a lot better preparation and everything to kind of get something set up that'll be a lot more successful this year. See, I, I play it like this, Ryan Day is still playing with Urban Meyer's crew. And next year is, I feel like, going to be the full changing of the guard. It's going to be the people that he's recruited that he wants on the field in his system. So, honestly, Ryan Day is an offensive guy. He's a quarterback's guy. Okay, he's not a defensive guy. So he's hired someone to run that. I get that. But we don't know what a Ryan Day defense is going to look like yet. We don't. And that's why my question mark comes in. All the personnel has finally changed out. We got new guys coming in that they recruited that they want to bring in. And how's that going to look? That's why I'm unsure about it. If this was Ryan Day's fifth, sixth, seventh year in coaching, I probably wouldn't have these these feelings. But I feel like since we're finally changing the guard, we're really going to see what Ryan Day, what Ryan Day feels like a football team should look like. You know, that's an interesting point I've never really thought about. But if you actually think about it, Urban Meyer had two seasons with Jim Trestle's boys. Okay. Absolutely. The that was with Braxton Miller and all that for a couple of years, and obviously went undefeated the first year. But they had the postseason ban. The next year they lost twice. Um, one in the Big Ten Championship game, and one to Clemson in the uh, I believe the Orange Bowl. But his third year, that was the year we won the national title, and that was pretty much the majority of all his players, his recruits, and I, that's what you're going to see this year. I have a really wait. Are you good calling feeling. a national title? Is that what I'm, I just heard? What you I'm said saying, in year three, he won the national title, and that's what we're going to see this year. Are you calling a national title? No, I'm not. Listen, call Babe Ruth, a- if you're going to point over the ho- the home run fence, you better back it up. I mean, listen, I could call it now, and so much time will pass <laughs> until that happens that you'll probably forget all about this. No, I but- will not. I will play the snippet on the air. Listen, a lot of things can change. I mean, I don't know if any knuckleheads are going out there right now and selling gold pants for tattoos. Um, yeah, that's true. I'm just saying that the point you brought up also brings up a good point and that his vision for the team now is completely in his hands. You know, they were, they, like you said, he was still dealing with, you know, recruits that I'm sure are really good athletes, but may not have necessarily fit the style of football that he's wanting to implement. And by year three is really when you're getting the majority of your recruits. Um, I'm really looking forward to this upcoming year. I mean, like any other year, my expectations are high. My expectations are, I mean, I, I already look at the schedule and we have Oregon coming to us. Oregon was okay this past year. Not great, but okay. We don't have an overly tough schedule. 
which is going to give these young guys uh, more of a chance to kind of get into the rhythm of the season. Uh, hopefully these testing, you know, protocols and everything, or at least if there's going to be testing protocols, I want them to be universal for the whole country. I don't want us doing something different than what another co- conference is doing because that's ridiculous. Well, that's where the NCAA has got to step in. We've had this, but they don't do anything good for football. They do they nothing good money. for football. They collect money. Listen, well, that's a whole nother ball game where I talk about, the college football should just be their own entity and get rid of the NCAA altogether. But the whole point I'm trying to make is there's still a lot to wait and see because we don't know how this virus is still going to affect. We don't know what the, you know, I guess the results or maybe consequences down the road are from having this season because a lot of these teams are getting, you know, they're, they're allowed to keep extra seniors on now and still have the same number of scholarships, but only your big time schools could probably afford to have all those scholarships. So some of your other schools, you might even see more of a dip over a year or two and schools like Alabama, Ohio state Clemson that can probably afford all these extra scholarships aren't. So there's just, there's just a lot that can kind of go into play with uh, what can happen next year. But Ultimately, my hopes are high. Uh, my expectations are high, and I think it's going to be another crazy year, man. I hope so. Not not COVID-wise, but I hope it's crazy with excitement. And hey, uh, as we're wrapping this up, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody out there that's listened to the podcast, followed us on Facebook, or done done anything really to support the show. We appreciate you. You know, we started this podcast in a year where it's just been complete madness, madness in the world, madness in sports, madness everywhere. And it's actually gone really well. And and we love doing it. And we just want to take a second and say that we appreciate you. Yeah, I I, I second that. Um, We we've been talking about doing this podcast for a long time. And I think it was just it was right for us to start it this year. We didn't know what we were getting into starting this. We didn't know what kind of season was. I mean, when we started this, we weren't even playing football, you know, and we didn't even know what direction we were going to take this. I mean, sure, we want to cover the games. We want to talk about, you know, some analysis stuff, but we just enjoy talking football. We enjoy talking Ohio State. We're going to continue to do that. And you guys uh, have shown by the re- the you know, the views that we're getting, the reactions we're getting on Facebook and YouTube and our other social media platforms that we're on. You guys obviously want to keep listening. So we're going to continue. And uh, now that we're getting into the off season, we're still going to keep putting out episodes. I mean, you may see us maybe once every other week um, or something like that. Maybe there'll be a couple uh, times depending upon, you know, important things that come up that we'll cover a little more often. But uh, this is just going to be a permanent thing. And we're going to try to get bigger and better as we go along. Uh, some more phone callers and maybe try to get some big time people on the show and even you listening at home or listening in your car, wherever you're listening. If you reach out to us and you're involved with the show, you know, you might be the next one that we might have on. So again, just want to thank everyone for listening. Remember you can uh, catch us on uh, YouTube you can catch us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube music, and also uh, audible on Amazon. Chad, anything else left to say? Yeah. Um, Davis called a national championship for 2021. I I want that said on the record. Okay, fine. Hold me to it then. (laughs) But listen, you want me saying that, not you, because I'm the one that won the prop bets all year. You still owe me, you know, some wash golf clubs. You still owe me dinner and a beer. You still owe me uh, a live video with you wearing this very tiny t-shirt without sleeves. That's true. 
you got a lot to pay up on. So but I figure this much. If someone's going to call it, it might as well be the guy that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But don't don't. Yeah. Don't take a you know what I said about the national title game preview when I thought Sean Wade was going to have the best game of his life and we'd win by 10. Like that was a feeling. OK, I I I, I, I try not to have feelings because feelings don't work very well. I try I try to be a little bit more realistic with it. So, yes, fine. National title 2021. You heard it well, here first. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Go Bucks. OH. <laughs>